Hello and welcome to Cracked Open, a podcast guiding you on your journey to becoming a vessel of unconditional love. This is your host, Beck Mylonis, High Priestess, Channel, and Activator. Join me on this series as I share reflections, insights, and channel transmissions from my journey of walking the initiation path. Each episode is a unique transmission containing supportive frequencies to facilitate the deepest healing, activation, and reconnection with your soul. I invite you to open your mind and set the intention to receive this episode into your heart space. Let's go. Welcome back, beautiful souls, to another episode of Cracked Open, a podcast about becoming a vessel for unconditional love. Today with me, I have the beautiful Chelsea Carter, Chelsea Renee, depending on how you want to call her, you can call her both of those things or neither of those things. You can just call her beautiful being who is here with me. I had the pleasure of, did we actually meet in person? I can't remember. We met briefly, right? In person in Bali at the event. Yeah, we met at Bali Bloom 2022. Yep. Nope. It was fleeting. We didn't really like we met, but we didn't really meet. And then we connected afterwards and um, about the next Bali bloom, which never ended up happening. And we were like, there's a, there's a co-creation there's something here. And then we started following each other on Instagram. And I had the beautiful opportunity to support Chelsea in some of her mission in some of her copywriting, which was such a beautiful co-creation. So thank you. Um, this is a beautiful woman that I have on today. She's so strong. She's so fierce. She has such beautiful energy around sisterhood, around community, around tribe, around creating ceremonial spaces. To introduce her formally, Chelsea holds the mission to connect humans with their higher self, others, and nature. She uses her powerful breathwork technique, somatic breath activation to unlock layers of her of your own truth and power. She's also a talented medicine woman. Fuck yeah that you're claiming that. Medicine guide, embodied meditation guide, embodiment coach, intuitive ceremonialist, sound healer, and more. In her sacred circles, gatherings, and retreats, she curates an environment for rewilding, embodiment, and inner transformation. Chelsea acts as a catalyst for transformation and change throughout her global community, and I feel we are both connected through some soul lineage to the priestess lineage, to toning, to angelic sounds, to music, to cacao, to lots of incredible, incredible ceremonial things, which we're going to bring and weave into this space. So let's see, no idea where this conversation will go. We have some, a few things floating around in the ether that we might tune into. Um, but just dropping here and now, Chelsea, the first question I want to ask is, how did you come to be where you are now? Like talk, talk to me about your journey of awakening of spiritual evolution and what brought you to now serve women and men, um, but mainly women in the way that you do. So just in your own words, introduce yourself, jump on, say, Hey, I'm giving you the mic to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got here to be where you're at. Yeah. Thank you so much, Beck. Um, yeah, I'm Chelsea and um such a beautiful introduction. I can't really say much more than what you've already said. The question though, on like my journey, um, it's a multi-layered question for sure. There, I think the real beginning of my journey started when I came to that, like, I can't, like, I cannot move forward in this way anymore. Like I came up against that wall of like, I, this is enough, you know, like enough is enough. Um, I was working in a job that I, you know, I was kept chasing things where I'm like, oh, I really love nature. Um, like, oh, I'm really 
in, interested in plant medicine. And I started like finding avenues to do that in a professional environment, but it wasn't the right environment fully for me. And so at the end of this one job, I was a ski instructor and I was like, you know what? Uh, I just wasn't happy. I was drinking a lot at the end of the days, just like drinking a lot, uh, ended up crying on the way home from work all the time, just feeling like not even upset with my job, but feeling such a lack of purpose and a lack of uh, connection with like what I knew was out there. Like I knew something bigger was out there. And so really the beginning of like my, my whole journey was saying like enough is enough. And I went like hundred percent all into my embodiment. I was like also addicted to working hard, addicted to working hard. And so I had a bunch of money saved up. So I was like, okay, I can do this. Like I can, you know, I have some money in the bank. I can just go all in on me taking care of me. Uh, me doing embodiment practices started small with meditations, being outside a lot, then compounding with breath work and um, like hypnotherapy, EFT tapping, like all of these different modalities that I was trying on. And um, yeah, just started compounding from there. At one point, that was about a year, almost a year into that journey. I had this like voice come to me in meditation. It was like, hold a women's circle. It was very simple, very soft, very subtle. I had no idea what to do or where to start, but I opened up uh, my home and I said, Hey, if anyone wants to come over, I'm going to have a women's circle. And then things really started compounding from there. And that's kind of where I got to now where I've, you know, done a lot more space holding and um, yeah. Amazing. And that story is like, we hear that story. Every single person that's come here has some variation of that story of the, I cannot continue to do things the way that I'm doing. I will check out. I will end my life. Like I can't, which is, it's so true, right? We all have to feel this call within us to change something before we can take that action. So I see you for taking that action. I'm curious to know, you know, your first women's circle, how did that go? What was that like for you? Did you have, I feel the reason I say this is I feel that there's a lot of women in on, on this podcast and even a few men um, who are listening to this and they want to start their own women's circle. They want to start their own event, their own ceremony, their own thing, but they're terrified of taking that step or they don't know how to start to put it together. So what was that process for you what were some of the things that came up um self-doubt stuff um you know what did you move through and bring that together and if there was any mad fails or like funny stories we, we're all here for them too um you know we all do some shit in the in the early days that were like oh my god I wish I'd known better so any advice or um insights into that for our audience I feel like is the piece that is needed right now yeah no that's um I totally agree it's it's always good to to know where all the trials and tribulations. So I had been holding medicine spaces for a long time at that point. So I had like a concept of how to like bring a group of people around medicine in a grounded way, but without medicine, I was totally clueless. Um, Maybe so specific a, here, like what, what medicine specifically were you using? Specifically just, just mushrooms, the, sometimes okay. LSD. Amazing. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, and, and let's go to the, actually, I feel like that's the starting point serving that <laughs> stuff and being like, here's a real starting point, right? Like, I feel like a lot of people are called to work with plants or to work with a medicine or to work with a modality. Um, so what was that action from you being like, I'm going to, you know, serve this with a friend and we're just in this space or I'm experimenting to then be like, I'm going to consciously create these spaces where I'm holding this container. 
let's talk yeah. about that journey first and then obviously moving into the into the like the more circles and that sort of thing yeah completely okay so when I was um 14 heading uh, I think I was almost 15 years old at this point I was already the drug dealer of my high school so <laughs> um we're here for the real vulnerable shit I love it (laughs) it's my truth and like I've reframed that to like the realization and remembrance that I've always been called to work with plant medicine I've always been called to bring the beat to be the medicine carrier and to support people so like just being in that role like when I would we would do mushrooms all together as friends. I was always the one that was giving out the mushrooms and always the one that people would come to for what's going on, advice, like talking. When I was in the group, I was always this unofficial uh, guide of the whole group. And of course, you know, we're much younger. It's definitely more in a recreational sense, but like, you know, somebody's having a hard time. It was like, go to Chelsea, like Chelsea will take care of you. Chelsea knows what to do. And so like, I've always was in that role. Um, And then growing, you know, continuing to grow, continuing to grow, always in that role throughout college. And, um, and then it was around a little bit after college, I started bringing like just me and a girlfriend up into the woods and we would camp and just be on our own and it'd just be like one-on-one. And we would just have these, I would kind of, you know, bring, bring in some more spiritual elements. And like, we would like, I would drop us into like a grounded meditation before we'd open. And then, you know, how medicine does, like it kind of brings, um, it brings those shadows to light. And I've always been that person for people where when let's even say outside of medicine, like the shit is hitting the fan for people. And they're like, call me up. I haven't talked to them in five years. And they're like, I need Chelsea. And like, they all like, I've always just been that person for someone that, that, that slice of solace, like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable here when things are getting tough. Like, I know this is a safe place. And so in that medicine space, you know, you're usually talking and then something would come up. You like kind of gloss over something, you share something massive and you gloss over and you're like, Oh, never mind about that. And you like, keep going. But I would be that friend. That's like, Hey, Hey, you know, what was that thing? You just kind of like, you know, moved over it. And I would help like really untangle those threads for people. And like, there would be profound shifts and people would like leave a weekend with me and like change some big things. And it was really beautiful, like in, in alignment. And um, it wasn't until I had one friend who was like, Chelsea, you do know that this is like a thing that like people do. Like I had no reference of that. I didn't know anybody else that wasn't doing like I only knew people that were doing drugs at like festivals and stuff. Like that's, I didn't know anyone that had the reverence I had that was like even calling it medicine. Like I just didn't have any concept of that. And I was in the cannabis industry too. So like, I felt like I was around a lot of plant medicine loving people, but I never came across anybody that was dealing with psychedelics in that like more grounded, reverent way. And so when she was like, Chelsea, people do that people do this. She's like, I actually pay like $2,000 to go on a group retreat. And that was like, not even close to as, you know, profound as what we just experienced in these two nights together. And I was like, Oh, I had no idea. I just had no idea. 
And so that kind of opened my eyes. Um, I still continued to do things the way I was doing it. And then I just started to slowly compound, started to be like, Hey, I like, I'm, I want to do this. Um, I started telling people like, Hey, this is what I'm doing, uh, charging a very, very little amount and just uh, continued to compound and compound. And now like, yeah, people who have come to my events and whatnot have that invitation. It's like, do you want to work with the medicine? I get a lot of referrals and um, it just, it just flowed naturally. And I, I think one thing you said at the beginning is like that calling piece. Like I always had that calling and I didn't, I didn't put too much pressure on how it was going to look or where I was going to end up. I had no like, oh, I want to be this. It was just like, it just kind of flowed naturally. And that's even the process with what I was sharing about before with like, I just was like, I need need to take care of myself more. I need to tune into my vessel more. And then it compounded. I never was like, I'm going to start going all in on my work so I can start hosting retreats. Like it was never, I, I was just focused on what needed to happen in the present. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. And it's, it's so funny how many of us have these backstories too of like, I had this conversation with someone, I'm going to have him on this podcast, but we were talking about psychedelics and we were talking about, there was this um, movie I watched recently called The Jesus Revolution. And it's talking about the sixties and seventies and this whole revolution of the drug taking and the tap in, tune out, whatever it is, switch on, tune in, tap in, whatever it is. There's a saying. <laughs> and that was, you know, what is it? I, I was, tap in, was tune out. that's like tuned in and turned on, but I don't think that's it. <laughs> but so, that, it's something tap in, tune out, turn yeah. on something like that right I know what you're talking about but yeah so basically the premise is that all these kids were looking for God right they were looking for this expanded state of consciousness and they were taking drugs to do that and I actually full disclosure I used to take a lot of stuff when I was younger from like 18 to 25 um, I experimented with a lot of different substances because for me that was my way of trying to find God to try and find this connection and now I have experiences where I don't need any of that stuff and it feels like I'm on mushrooms all the freaking time and I'm like I wish I could feel sober sometimes <laughs> right so you realize you don't actually need that stuff to connect but in this movie they were all seeking that and then they this whole like Jesus movement happened which I'm so here for because I fucking love J-bomb um, and yeah it just made me think of that like how so many of us are called to that path and we carry a lot of like shame around it where actually it's like that was our door in our doorway into expanded states of consciousness. And once we've found that doorway in, then we don't always need the medicine because there's always also this risk that we use that as a crutch that we go do ayahuasca. 50. I know so many people they're off to the jungle every five minutes to go do ayahuasca, to sit with the medicine, to sit with the medicine. There's this meme that I saw. It's so fucking good. It's this guy crawling out of this dark tunnel and there's a, um, there's a, a guy, sorry, walking out of the tunnel and he's like, I might go sit with the medicine again. And his shadow is like, fucking integrate me. It's, it's that, right? <laughs> it's like, we need to actually sit with the medicine and integrate like what is coming through and not just use it as this quick fix or this avoidance tactic. Um, so it's so beautiful being able to weave that and use that, but also know when it's time for other things like breath work. And so talk to me about how you started weaving these other things into that space and being like, okay, we can use medicine when it's appropriate and there's a time and space for it and using it ceremoniously and consciously, but not relying on that. So what other ways are you using to expand states of consciousness? Like you do the breath work. Um, what does that look like in your containers? Yeah. Um, I totally agree. First, I want to say like that 
the it's an open door that we we walk through and now that there are so many different avenues to tap into altered states of consciousness that doesn't necessarily need medicine breathwork 100% was a huge one for me the reason why I'm like again a called to that breathwork is because it was so profound for me when I went all in on myself like meditation Oh, I love meditation. There's obviously so many different styles of meditation. I was really drawn to mantra meditation and that was really profound for me. Then I started experimenting with breath work and I found a style of breath work that was pretty great for me. And it hadn't, it didn't have all of what I wanted. It felt like there was something missing. And that's kind of what led me to accidentally creating a breath work technique. Cause I also did not have that intention. Like I just was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do this for myself. And then like clients were like, what do you do? And then it kind of compounded from there. But the way I love to bring breath into spaces is um, usually coupled with cacao because I think cacao is such a beautiful heart opener. Um, it's obviously a very gentle medicine compared to the, the psychedelics we've been speaking about. Um, and it really invites people to come into that feminine part. Like, you know, um, that part of us that often in this society is, you know, shoved away. You know, I do have a lot of people in all different spaces of their journey in my, um, in my containers. And so for new people that are fresh to this kind of work, like just watching them like be caressed by the cacao is really beautiful. Um, that breath work just really opens and activates people. There's a, it's a, a sympathetic nervous system activating breath work. So, you know, because there are so many different styles and what I love about it is I'm like, there's so many things. I think the first thing that I love about the spaces with breath work is that I always open up a space of like, anything is available here. This is for you. You are the guide. That's what I love about breath is that it's our breath. You know, nobody's doing this to us. We have the capacity to lead ourselves through this thing. Um, of course, like the tools, the education it supports, but we are the ultimate masters. We are the ones breathing. We are the ones letting resistance come over and being like, I'm not going to do this. Or we're like, Hey, like, you know, we are the, the gauge of everything. And so, yeah, I, I just love that. Um, you know, because meditation, somebody is bringing that you into that state. I feel like breath work, like the, the invitation is there from others, but you are the one that is really bringing yourself into that state. So I love that about breath work. Um, and yeah, just like that open, that open invitation in my containers. So it's like, and anything's okay. Movement's okay. Screaming's okay. Laughing's okay. Like all, all of it's allowed. And I think the last piece I want to say is presence you know, the, that ability to be in the present moment is really amplified with breath work. I feel like just even focusing on your breath, even if you're not like wanting to go into a whole session, if you're like, oh my God, worried about the past. I'm thinking about the future. Like just coming back at any moment during the, the day and just focusing on your breath and being like, I'm here now. I feel my heartbeat. I feel my breath coming in and out. And it's just that beautiful centering. Like I'm here, I'm grounded. Yeah. Um, talk to me about the word ceremony was dropping in and like how 
one would start to cultivate a ceremony space or what do you think is important to create ceremony like is it intention is it a structure is it a flow like what makes something a ceremony and what makes something not a ceremony and like how how can we cultivate more ceremony in our own lives but also for those of us who are interested in like creating and cultivating spaces which are very ceremonial um yeah talk to me just riff on ceremony is the word that spirit was saying yeah. get her to talk about ceremony she knows about ceremony I love spirit. (laughs) Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think for me, ceremony can really like in the broadest sense of the word ceremony can be anything and everything. Um, it's the intention it's, it's what we infuse into those actions that we're doing. So like we hear a lot, like life is a ceremony. It is, it can be, we can literally, um, you know, the, the most, like the thing that everybody does every day, uh, going to the bathroom, we can literally take that as an avenue of like, oh, I'm, I'm in a releasing ceremony. I'm literally letting go of what's no longer serving me. Sometimes I'm attaching, um, you know, energies to it. I'm like, oh, I'm letting go of this, you know, situation that is bothering me right now. And I'm literally letting it come out of my field. So in like the, that, the most general sense of the word, ceremony can be anything and everything. And that's ritual. Ritual and ceremony are like, you know, hand in hand. Uh, Creating a ceremonial space, I also feel like there's a a level of intention that can be felt. Like I can, I think I can do, like two people can do the exact same setup, let's say, you know, structurally set up for retreat. Let's, you know, put that um, for instance, out there, and one person can put a lot of like intention into choosing the crystals, into um, the layout of the space, uh, to thinking about even the land that it's going to be on, and then the other person can just like happen to make all those same decisions, but have no intention and have no um, like that energetic like attachment to all of those decisions, because the thing about meaning is that it's only meaningful when we attach the meaning to it. You know, anything can be anything, like anything can be just whatever, but we attach meaning to things, you know, with religion, with um, psychedelics, like all of those are things that we are attaching meaning to. And so I think that's really where ceremony is based is like, how are you attaching the meaning and even speaking about that meaning. Like, so I like to talk about some of the elements I bring into space when I'm setting in containers. So then other people start to attach meaning to the things that are around them that are holding them as well as myself, the facilitator. I like to even sometimes like, yeah, just, I always am acknowledging all of the, um, all of the unseen elements that are coming into the space and that are holding us too, because again, that's attaching more meaning to the experience that we're having when we're like, Hey, spirits here. Hey, all of our ancestors are here. Your spirit guides, your soul family, uh, you know, all divine beings of white light have come into this space and are holding you. And then people start to be like, Oh my God, I actually feel felt or held. I feel that, you know? And um, so I think, I think for ceremony, it can be so many different things. I know I say the word ceremony often because I do feel I create ceremony in a lot of aspects of my life. Um, And even when I'm like creating 
a more formal ceremony, if you will. Um, it's about that, the meaning that we place into this space. And I also feel to touch to um, the knowledge that is, is um, compounded. I know you and I are both grid workers and we go to all these different places in the world and we accumulate knowledge, um, not always in a you know, reading from a book or reading from a place, we're accumulating it in the ethereal sense and the unseen, unknown sense. And so even trusting yourself with that knowledge and being that channel and not kind of um, letting your mind talk yourself out of the mystical experiences you've had and the knowledge that you have also creates an even more profound ceremony. So... Hi, beautiful soul. Allow me to interrupt this broadcast for just a second. If you're a soulpreneur on a sacred mission or just someone looking to connect with their soul purpose, their gifts and their multidimensional self, I have something I am so excited to share with you. The Soul Mission Accelerator is possibly my most groundbreaking and expensive work yet. It contains 12 low-cost, high-potency sacred activations that will have you shifting through old limitations, patterns, karmic loops, and blockages at quantum speeds. These activations will support you with everything you require energetically to anchor in the timeline and reality you desire to create. If that means more soul clients, tribe, opportunities, and abundance, or just to anchor a soul purpose that is fulfilling and effortlessly abundant, you can grab $44 off the total price by using the code CRACTO open in capital letters in the checkout or grab each activation individually as they call to your soul now let's get back to this episode yeah and I can totally add into that I'm here in Mexico <laughs> and uh, I had a session with a woman yesterday good soul friend of mine to feel into like my business grid and I've just been talking about this at the start of the show with you before we jumped on I want to share this with the audience like I am receiving such huge fucking like ancient technology downloads codes from the land here from the Mayan ancestors because I've had incarnations here so it's like remembering really for me and I had this frustration moment yesterday with her on the call where we were talking about this huge download I'm receiving around the 21 prophecies of the Mayan fucking calendar and all this stuff that I'm here to like transmit and there was this moment of frustration of like for me, when I receive, and this is kind of the message, like when you go to a land or a place for some people, or even not in a land and a place, maybe you're receiving things from the current astrology or the energies, you receive them kind of like as information in your body, as codes, as um, frequency. And they have to like integrate in your body before you can put tangible words to what that is or what that flavor is or what that frequency is or what the transmission is. And I get this frustration a lot of the time because I just feel the energy coming in and I'm wiped out. Like today, I feel like throwing up. I feel very like out of it. Um, and it's very overwhelming. And I'm like, well, that's great. <laughs> but like, what does it mean for this physical reality? What does it mean for my work? What does it mean for like, if, am I supposed to do this as an offering? How do I even verbalize this? Like, oh, cool. Come to me and receive ancient codes from the Mayans. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Right. And sometimes it's like, we're not actually meant to know what that means. And it's a, it's a frequency thing that's transmitted in the space, which is what I love about, you know, ceremonies like, like you hold or retreats or even like plant medicine ceremonies. There's so much going on beyond the sphere of like what we can perceive. Um, that is the energetic work that's happening, that's moving things through the field and these unseen energies that perhaps those people who are coming to you are never going to know even or, or have a, a framework of understanding around 
all those subtle things that they were receiving, that there's something in that frequency that they're coming to receive from you that their soul has like signed them up for, right? So it's a message for myself as well as I'm like, guys, just drop in what the fuck all of this means and intangible words. And it's like, she was saying to me, it's these seven light language activations that you're meant to transmit. And I'm like, that's great, but how do I, like, what's the framework for that? Like, what are they going to do, right? But it's actually, sometimes it's so beyond that meaning because this metaphysical stuff, codes, you know, um, things from the land, things from our ancestry, things from previous civilizations, they're just so beyond the human language and the beyond the human mind that we can't try and like communicate them. And if we do, it falls short. So I hear you in that. And I want to see you in that because I know that you really curate your spaces. You let the land speak to you. I loved when you were talking about when we were writing the copy for your most recent retreat, the, the specific specificity, spec, my God, specific, fuck you, mine ancestors. I love you, but I can't speak English today. You know the word that I'm trying to say, the specific nature of the place that you chose and what that grid was holding and that energy that was holding. So how did you see that come through in the ceremony? Like, was there any ways you could see, oh, I really, I can see that these frequencies are what are coming through because I believe from memory, I, I kind of don't remember things after I channel them, but there was this new earth kind of frequency, this 5D frequency that was coming through of like freedom and play and joy. And did you see that coming through in, in the transformation that was offered for these women and, and talk to me about that experience? Yeah, uh, completely, 100% completely. Um, there, the land, so this was in Costa Rica for anyone listening. And there's obviously different pockets of every, you know, country, you know, country lines are also a new thing <laughs> compared to the, you know, the history of the earth. And this space uh, overlooks this area where humpback whales come to, to breed and to give birth. And so there is definitely this like very ancient whale energy, which has a lot to do with um, tapping into ancient wisdom like it they even like reference like whales have this like avenue to the akashic records which as we know holds everything and it's also this um frequency of i i love <laughs> i love that you were talking about that unknown those unknown words because that's something that i struggle that's why i had you come in as a copywriter because i'm like i sometimes don't know how to describe what i do like for those interested in human design i'm like a two four and like that two is like you don't know what it is you do that it's but it's super profound um but those that whale energy was really profound in it um that joy and that freedom i know that we were channeling and talking about as well um really for the women that were in that space okay there were a lot of people in this specific container that were coming up against parts of their lives that I shared at the beginning that were like they were at that enough is enough point and so for them to come into a container where they felt complete and utter love for who they were uh, when they weren't experiencing that in their daily lives from their environments uh, to also have that space to go deeper with themselves and kind of even start to feel um, past feelings that they had suppressed, allowing them to come up to the surface and be felt and move through 
Um, so there was obviously like a lot of, um, a lot of deep clearing and cleansing work. And then by the end, like there was this essence of joy and freedom. And, um, you know, I, I don't ever have a plan for what retreats are going to look like. I kind of know what I'm going to do the first day. And then it's all about listening. It's listening to what the land is asking me to, to go towards. It's listening to what the group is ready for. You know, one group can be ready for one exercise and it would be completely wrong for another group. And, um, so this group like really was about anchoring this frequency of joy and love for the world. Like the very last day we did this anchoring ceremony where we were literally, um, you know, giving blessings and prayers and intentions for all women around the world and then like anchoring them into the land right there. And it was really beautiful and really profound um, for myself and for the other women and yeah, I, yeah, I, I just, I guess what I'm thinking about right now is how, how true what you spoke about earlier of the, the words aren't always there and it's okay. Like I've kind of learned to embrace that, especially when I'm talking about transformation, especially when I'm talking about these crazy women's spaces that I like I'm so honored to create and co-create with everyone that comes because the second I try to like really box things in with our English language, it loses a lot of its magic. Yeah. Um, so I kind of lean into being like, this is indescribable, but I think I've also leaned into that in so many aspects of my life, you know, like I don't need to know everything that knowing that like, oh, I need to know what the framework is going to be or what this needs to look like that loses the magic. It loses, loses what happened. I know I was at a retreat myself. Um, I can't remember which one exactly, but we were talking about how our mind loves to talk ourselves out of those mystical experiences. So I think I try to always anchor in and be like, you know what? Um, I don't need to know what happened. I just, I know it was, I know what I felt and that's, and just lean into that heart centered, like that was real, that happened. And that's all. <laughs> that's, and that's so beautiful. Cause like literally just before we got on this call, I was writing this post on Instagram about like you co-create with your offering, right. In this way that you're a custodian of that offering doesn't mean that it's yours. You don't own it. Right. And so we need to be able to be flexible and open to seeing all those moving parts to pivoting with, Oh, this energy shifted now. And this is what wants to come through seeing like, particularly with group work, what I noticed with group work is like, it's the same for me when I run an offering, like a group offering, I have the kind of framework or the vibe or like the theme that I know is going to be the thing. But then each individual that comes into that space has their unique flavor. They bring their own guides. They bring their own frequencies, their own codex. And the way that you weave them all requires you to be listening and present to, okay, what's the moment calling for? What's the moment calling for? Where is the energy being guided? Where is the energy being guided? Even something like being on a specific land is going to shift that frequency. It's going to require you to do certain things like anchor those codes, right? In the grid or, or whatever that is. So it's so perfect because it's that balance of like, yes, when we look at marketing and this is what my part of my mission is to help people to put those languages behind the, the things that they can't express. 
yes, we need to be able to give a framework of this is maybe what you're going to experience. This is the flavor. This is the energy. So we can call in those souls, but it's the energetics beneath that is what's really going to call them there. Like those souls that came to that event would have felt like some sort of soul call or nudge to be there. Even if your copywriting was shit because you didn't hire me (laughs) or like whatever, right? Like they would have felt a call to be there because it's this soul experience that when we tried to put the human words on it, it's funny, like whenever I have a mystical experience, which is like literally every second day these days, my whole life is a mystical experience. But at the start, I used to try and journal them or like when I do mushrooms or something, I journal and I try and like write down all the things that happen. And then I'd read over the journal or I'd explain to a friend. And I was like, this just doesn't, doesn't really like do it justice. It doesn't give it the, the depth or the meaning or the, in that experience, what happened. Um, and it's interesting because it's something that's felt and experienced and not um, and not something that you can verbalize. So we're trying to talk about something really fucking intangible here, um, which is funny because it, all the messages are always perfect. And spirits like, see, Beck, you don't need to know what all these mind codes are. You just need to like trust. <laughs> it's always perfect, right? Um, so that's interesting. And I want to put that out there to the audience of like that piece of being so willing to show up and not know and just trust that I'm being called to hold this event I don't fucking know why I don't know who's going to join, but I had this soul call and then all the pieces will come together and seeing your offering as it's a soul, it's an entity of its own. That's going to co-create with you. And it's going to tell you what it needs, what it requires. Hey, Beck, I need you to run or Chelsea. I need you to do a cacao ceremony because that medicine is going to bring out X element. This woman going through this thing, you need to now hold her as a pedestal or example to workshop something for everyone, because there's going to be something in her experience that speaks to them. So the other thing that's actually, Actually being it's beautiful the way that it's flowed into this topic is how in a group space particularly with other women we can uh, like weave our threads together whereas like one person is experiencing something or their vulnerable share is going to bring something up for someone else and then how that enables this huge opening so talk to me about this phenomenon I know women particularly working together this is really powerful I only say that because I don't work with too many men in this space I know that men also holding men is really powerful and guys come on, start doing it more often, but talk to me about the magic that comes and happens when these women start working together and like feeding off each other's energy and like impacting and influencing each other. How, what's that potential that you've seen for healing for sisterhood? Yeah, I, oh oh my gosh, you're so right. It, it amplifies the space when a bunch of women come together especially with their hearts open and with, you know, that attitude of like, I have nothing to lose. Um, I think the first step of it is the vulnerability that people allow themselves to be in uh, because that's a, that's a, the first step. It's hard for a lot of women. I know it's hard for me. I've not always felt safe around women. I've definitely not felt safe to share what's truly on my heart and my past. And that can still be the reality for a lot of women. Just like even that, like, oh, it's okay to share. Oh, nothing's going to happen to me if I like share what's really on my heart. And so like that, that first like hurdle is huge because then when people start vulnerably, vulnerably sharing and sharing their truth, sharing what's on their heart. Other people start getting deeper permission. They're like, oh, wow. Like that person really opened up, really shared everything on her, everything that's alive for her right now. And so I can too. And so first of all, that like that opening ripple 
is really profound and beautiful. And that's usually happens right at the beginning of my retreats. And it's like, oh yeah, we're ripping the bandaid off. We're all in this together. Every part of you is okay and sacred. Like we can hear all of it, including myself. Like I'm always, um, I mean, every time it's different, but I'm always sharing like my deepest truth and I'm like happy, anything is on the table. And I think like a little like asterisk there, like as a space holder, like we are the ones that also like anchor in what that frequency of the space, if we're coming in like guarded and like, oh, nope, I'm not going to share. Like people will energetically feel that and also act accordingly where I'm like, Hey, all of me is here. I'm freaking human. Also, like, I know I'm holding and creating the space, but I'm human. I'm here. And all of me is cool. So is all of you. Um, it really is felt in the space. So asterisk asterisk ended, but, um, I think one big thing that I feel that happens often when there's spaces with women is that people share something really beautiful and profound and another layer of truth for other women is uncovered because also like, you know, we, we all have like trauma, big T or little T in our lives. And so a lot of that trauma we block out or we forget, or like maybe someone sharing about a situation. They're like, oh my God, a really similar situation happened to me that I haven't thought about in years. And like, maybe there's another layer to, un, um, to go deeper in with that. And so I think that's, what's beautiful because we all have this collective experience as, as a collective of humans. And so even hearing other people share, it can open us up deeper into our experience. Um, that's something I notice often with women. Um, I also, I think the last thing that's really beautiful and profound is healing that sister wound. Like, and, and, and I think this ties into what I said earlier of like my own experience of not always feeling safe with women. And so that has like that created this, like, Oh, I don't know. I'm going to keep women at, you know, I was that woman, that girl that was like, Oh, you know, like women are kind of tough, but like, I'm a guy's girl. Like all my like, like best friends were always guys. And, um, cause that felt easier when in reality, like I was, um, I mean, of course there are tough things just growing up in general, but I was just resistant to going that deep with myself and opening up that sort of relationship because of my past. And so when I started to do that work and started like really uh, invite that there could be a new reality with women, especially as I'm growing older, like things gotta be different than high school. Right. And um, yeah, I think that watching that sisterhood wound, that sister wound be healed in a women's group space is really beautiful. Um, and really that looks like is accepting people for who they are and loving them. It doesn't mean that everyone leaves best friends. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to talk every day for the rest of your life, but it does mean that you're going to feel that respect. You're going to feel seen, heard, and loved by the other women. And that heals a lot because you're like, oh, it's possible. Like it's available. And that opens up your own you know, daily life, wherever you're at to, for those potentials of like, oh, maybe I can find a sister that's going to see in here and love me for my shadows, for my, you know, past traumas and like, and not just see me as that, see me as what I can't, what, I, what I'm moving towards and I'm evolving towards. Yeah. For me, um, actually most of my formative healing was done in spaces of sisterhood. Most of my intimacy work 
like, yes, I was calling in soulmates to trigger some shit and bring it up, but it was the sisters who were holding me, helping me heal. Like if I didn't have that sisterhood and I was the same, like I had a lot of wounding around sisterhood comparison, not good enoughness, like all that bullshit bullying when I was younger, um, which made me really like push women away. And also the mother wound also affected that, but it was actually in first like learning to become intimate and vulnerable and safe with my sisters that I was then able to start to do that with the masculine. So I think it's so powerful. It's so potent. Um, there's something else you said. Yeah. That, that person that's like vulnerably expressing gives that permission. I remember there was this container, this group container that I joined and I was, I swear to fucking God, spirit put me in there to be the channel for what everyone was feeling, but no one was saying. Cause it was like every day I was like putting my hand up and sharing. And I was like, here I go, me sharing. But like consistently through that container, I would have every fucking woman or man, there was only two men, but every person in that container would message me and be like, thank you for speaking up and saying that because I've been sitting in the background too afraid to share it. And you sharing it has given me now permission to share. And so it's so important. This, this piece about like, even as a practitioner or a leader, being afraid to share your vulnerable truth because, oh, I have to be the space holder. I have to hold it together. I have to be, um, you know, like put myself with this perception of like, I've got my shit together, whatever it is, actually that vulnerability, that truth, that messiness, that whatever it is, you and your authentic soul frequency and whatever the fuck that is in the moment gives those people permission to embody more vulnerability. And, and that's why I'm so open and vulnerable about my whole journey on here. And people might listen to me and be like, she's self-obsessed. She only talks about herself, but it's like, actually, no, my journey, oh, that's your opinion. My journey is that I teach through my own, my own lessons, my embodiment. And when I say, oh, I went through this thing, it's because I'm a channel for the collective and anything that I'm going through, the likelihood is that the 90% of people are going through that as well. And so all the time, what I do with my content is I'm like, what am I going through right now? And what feels like it's, it's actually a collective theme rather than I'm just now projecting what I'm going through onto the collective and saying, it's a collective theme. That's a different thing. But like, where am I actually, this is what the flavor is. And then when I share that people like, whoa, you wrote that for me. Holy fuck. And I'm like, cool. That was something that I was moving through, but I felt like maybe some other people were moving through. So it's like, there. what I want to say is that there are some of us who have this role, who are the ones to have the voice first, like to go first, to share because others aren't comfortable to do that. And you speaking your truth actually gives them permission to speak their truth. And it's this beautiful unfolding that has happened. The other thing I see is like resistance to a lot of people wanting to do group work. And they say, oh, I get the best results in a one-to-one transformational container. And I want the one on tension and support and all of that stuff. But actually I prefer to do group personally. I prefer group because of this phenomenon that happens. And because of this effect that like, it's so fucking perfect. Every single woman or man who has joined any one of my containers, it's been perfect and divine that they were there because they've activated something in someone else and something that they've shared has now changed the trajectory of the entire container. So if you have resistance to being in group spaces because you think, oh, it's not going to be personalized or tailored. It's like, no, just get a practitioner who can read that energy in the moment and know how to guide it and trust that like you are called to that group, that ceremony, that experience, that community for a reason and there's something in that for you so to kind of come to closure is there anything else that you're feeling you really want to share or is real for you or is true for you in this moment like drop in just see if there's anything that's coming through I feel like there might be one more piece here about something well there was something that you said earlier that I wanted to just like touch on because you were saying like um how did you say it? you were just talking about like being vulnerable as a space holder and like, you know, that, that 
wall that we can have up. And I just want to say like, cause I think people forget that we can, you know, in this journey, we're doing a lot of mass taking off. We're taking off masks and coming back into ourselves. And we can very easily put on the mask of a space holder and be like, this is what it needs to look like. This is what I need to look like. And this is who I need to be, to be taken seriously or whatnot. And I think like, yeah, for, I mean, I know we, for anyone listening, like being a space holder, isn't any, you don't have to do or be anything other than yourself. Like that is what makes you a good space holder is by, um, emitting your authentic vibration and that's going to attract the right people like Beck was saying into the space it's like the right people are going to find you like when you start to create that container of course like a little bit of you know foundation you know information uh like to help you know have that masculine energy part of it is great but I see a lot of people who are like, oh, well, I have to do this, right? Or I have to dress like this or like all these things. I'm like, you don't have to do any of that. Like that doesn't, that doesn't make you a good space holder. Um, your, your work and your uh, connection to your heart is going to make you a good space holder. So I don't know, you said something around that. And I was like, I feel like that needs to be shared. Um, yeah. 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 And I think, I think, that bravery, that courage, that vulnerability are to me, the authenticity, the integrity um, and the heart openness are the hallmarks of a good space holder. Like if you've got that stuff down, the technique will come in, the, um, you know, the structuring, all the other shit will come in. But it's like, as long as you're in your heart serving and you're like, what serves the highest, what serves the highest, what serves these people tuning into like what can serve them and me and the collective all at the same time you can't fuck it up like it's pretty simple you show up and you just say let me be a channel for grace and that's as simple as it gets to be right so I see you doing that and I respect you for that so deeply and I know that all the women and men even that come to your spaces are just going to have such a transformational experience because I see that in you and I honor that in you um Chelsea if anyone would like to come find you be part of one of your spaces collaborate with you co-create with you just check you out how would they do that? Yeah, the the place I hang out the most is on Instagram. Um, my handle is the Chelsea Renee, and it has three underscores after it. Uh, that's where you can find a lot of my up-to-date stuff in the link in my bio and whatnot. My business and website is heartcenteredhumans.com. Uh, that also has a lot of my information and um, offerings from retreats to programs to certifications um all the good good stuff that's where you can find it amazing well thank you mommy for coming on here today and sharing and sharing your frequency and your wisdom with us such a powerful soul it's been a pleasure um and go check her out she's amazing i really respect the work that she does and to all of you who are listening thank you so much for being here for listening if you've liked this please subscribe give us a review on apple podcasts help me to get this magic out into the world and so it is until next time beautiful souls i love you thank you for listening to another episode of cracked open don't forget to hit subscribe and share with a friend if this episode has served you in any way for more information about the work that i do or to get in touch with me read the show notes or head to beckmylonis.com until next time beautiful souls